the talk this morning is titled he restores he restores you know there is a trend uh, on social media these days i'm pretty sure you probably done it uh, where people upload a picture of themselves or something nice and caption it felt cute might delete later right i'm pretty sure all of us have seen it in the moment they upload they see the goodness of that picture and and the beauty of it but moments later when they see that that picture is not perfect or embarrassing they feel like deleting it felt cute might delete later hey how does god respond to us when because he created us how does god respond to us when we mess up and fall he definitely didn't say at creation when he created adam and eve felt cute might delete later right god is a loving god who restores us and how does he do that we're going to be looking at that from this passage in the bible we're going to be looking at his disciples one disciple in specific and and he's probably one of the most famous disciples he is peter um shall we can come to the passage a little bit later thank you let me set a uh, let me set a context to what is happening in the passage before i start if this is your first time in the bible this passage is found um in during jesus's time on earth this is happening between his resurrection and before he ascended to heaven right the disciples have had a crazy couple of weeks um with with jesus's arrest their leader their lord was arrested he was crucified on the cross he was buried in a tomb and 3 days later he's all of a sudden he rises right uh, and and we're, we're going to be looking at how peter sort of processed all of this because he's had it harder i'll tell you why just before jesus goes to the cross all the disciples are sort of having dinner and and jesus says all of you will fall away on account of me but peter probably like i mean i think peter is somewhat like me right man of big words uh, uh peter says lord if all of these fellows fall off i still will follow you i will come with you to prison and even to death but moments later when jesus is led to his trial and they're questioning him they're mocking him they're spitting on him peter is watching this from a safe distance and and when people sort of put peter together with jesus and ask him hey are you are you are you with i've seen you with this guy before you are him right and peter's like no and then he goes on to deny two more times and even hurls curses at this person who is putting them together and to make matters even worse just about that moment even though everything was happening with jesus he looks to peter sees him eye to eye and in that moment peter is broken and shattered right now this is cut cut to a couple of weeks later jesus is risen from the death um he's already met these disciples twice so there is some kind of hope rising but in the midst of all of this peter still didn't have closure with jesus after that last look he got when he fell big time peter still hadn't had the time to process this 
with Jesus. So, so in the midst of all this chaos running in the head, Peter decides to do the one thing that he is most familiar with. The one thing that he has done all his life. And the one thing that he is really good at. He goes back to work. He goes back to fishing. Don't we do that? When we are struggling with the mess of our hearts, where do we first go and bury our head? In our work. So cut to the story again. They fish all night and they catch no fish. And early in the morning, Jesus stands on the shore and he does a brilliant miracle and they catch a lot of fish. And, and, and the moment Peter realizes that it's Jesus, he immediately, jumps, he immediately jumps into the water. Forget the rest. I know they are all catching fish. I don't have time for that. That's my Lord there. He immediately jumps and swims to Jesus and the rest follow with the catch. This is where we find the passage for today. And I've asked Kia to take us through the chapter. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Thanks, Kia. Allow me to just pray before we dive straight into the talk. Father, this morning, uh, I can already sense in my heart that you are restoring all of us from the different places that we are away from you. Uh, you are working something beautiful in our hearts. You are inviting us back to yourself. Uh, Father, irrespective of who we are, uh, whether we're followers of Jesus or we don't yet believe in Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit, would you work in our hearts? Help us to experience the warmth of your relationship this morning. Restore us, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so here's what we're going to be looking at. Here are the three things that Jesus does in restoring us. The points will come up for us on the screen. The first thing he, do, he does is he reestablishes the call. The second thing he does is he restores the fall. The third thing he does is he reassures that our call is greater than our fall. He reestablishes the call. He restores the fall. And then he reassures that our call is greater than our fall. Let's dive straight in. How does he reestablish our call? Look at what Jesus is doing here. The verse will come for us on the screen. He said, when, when he meets them with, with no luck and after they fished all night, Jesus stands on the shore and he said, throw your net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. 
what's happening here sounds familiar right this is the same miracle jesus did before when he called peter the first time when jesus just started his ministry he 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 goes to call peter he finds them fishing and then he's no, he's realized that they haven't caught all fish uh, uh caught caught fish all night and jesus says throw your net to the right side of the boat and peter's like i'm pretty sure he felt i know what i'm doing right but he says because you say so and he and he puts the fish on the other side and they catch a huge number of fish and in that moment peter falls to his feet and said go away from me lord i'm an unclean man i'm a sinner but jesus says follow me i know you're a sinner but i have this whole new life for you what is jesus doing in this passage he's doing a recall to peter's first call and he's reestablishing it he's recreating that miracle and is reestablishing that call hey this morning shall we acknowledge the fact that life can be really hard when we have fallen life can be really hard when we messed up well like peter we know as followers followers of jesus for a fact that jesus died and rose from the dead i mean he he uh, he's he's victorious over sin he's defeated it but in those moments when we've fallen when we are struggling we really struggle to see how that what jesus did on the cross applies in that dark moment of guilt and shame do you relate with me here it's really difficult to see that peter is probably feeling that his past failures have robbed him of his future purpose peter is probably felt that his fall has robbed him of his call and in that moment peter decides to go fishing hey one thing this lockdown did to all of us is it made us face our mess and sin more than god's call and purpose for our lives we've seen our failings and our mess as more tangible right we we, we wake up and see them every day but in all of this we haven't seen and experienced god's purpose and call over our lives and and i can acknowledge that that is not a great place to be in this morning just as jesus stood at the shore and called out to peter he is reestablishing our call i'm praying that this sermon serves as a reminder of god's call over our lives peter does something really interesting here which i'm hoping each of us can do this morning the verse says as soon as peter heard him say it is the lord he wrapped his outer garment and he jumped into the water peter didn't stand on the boat and said hey lord is that you i mean your voice is sort of familiar i can't see you in the mist of the morning is that you no 
the moment he realizes that it is the lord who can do that miracle and it is the lord who is calling him again he jumps into the water he's not waiting for the other fishermen he's he's not he's not waiting for all the catch to come in he's not he he doesn't have time for that he jumps into the water and swims to jesus this morning wherever we are at no matter how bad we have fallen can we run back to the savior standing on the shore and calling us he is reestablishing the call on us as followers of jesus what is the second thing that jesus does he restores the fall how does he do that we we'll see that in in the ninth verse when jesus when they landed they saw a fire of burning coals there there with fish on it and some bread jesus said to them come and have breakfast this is so personal and relational considering breakfast is my favorite meal this has to be my favorite verse in the bible jesus said to them come and have breakfast filled with so much love and warmth right all through the bible we see whenever jesus decides to have a meal with someone he's doing more than just having a meal with that person he's establishing and deepening a relationship he's labeled a drunkard and a glutton for eating with sinners even before the cross jesus does this last supper with his disciples where where he wraps a cloth over his his uh, waist and he goes and washes their feet he's deepening their relationship over a meal and what do we see now the resurrected jesus in his resurrected body has put fire on the beach early in the morning as probably caught some fish brought some bread and he's cooking breakfast for these disciples you know even though we have a cook at home whenever we invite friends home my my loving wife taru insists that we do all the cooking right that's because that's how we love that's that's how we show our love that's how she shows her love what's my point this is jesus restoring the relationship that peter thought he lost when he denied jesus thrice come and have breakfast once that relationship is restored jesus doesn't stop there he goes on to do something more powerful he goes on to address the sin that dented their relationship hey as humans we are not used to this right when we have a conflict with someone we usually operate in two ways the first is ignore the core issue and just reestablish that relationship again and move on and say chalne do yaar it's 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 fine this relationship won't go for long because you buried that issue this is me that's how i do it the second wrong way in which we do is without restoring that relationship just call out that person and attack that person with their sinfulness there won't be any relationship left 
friends real repentance always flows out of a relationship and jesus has established that relationship before addressing peter's sinfulness after the meal we see that jesus is asking peter thrice do you love me do you love me do you love me of course this would have served as a painful reminder to peter of his three time denial we see that from the passage we see that peter was hurt because jesus asked him the third time okay but what is god doing here whenever i read this growing up i felt like god is rubbing peter's failure all over his face but god is not doing that god is not asking peter and saying do you love me again and again because he's not saying oh really you love me that is not what i heard a couple of weeks ago now tell me again do you love me you do that is not what i heard say it again god is not doing that man god is doing something really powerful god is helping peter replace his three time denial with a three time declaration of love for jesus isn't that beautiful what would have happened if god didn't address peter's fall and didn't it didn't cause hurt to him imagine peter's life every time a rooster crowed it would remind him of that deadly fall each time someone asks him hey did you love jesus he'll be reminded of that horrible failure that that led him back to that and and lead him back to that dark dungeon of guilt and shame instead when jesus is addressing his fall it does hurt but this kind of hurt gives way to healing and restoring you know i'm reminded of my recent visit to the dentist i've been struggling with like a root canal issue and if you've had like a tooth issue before you know how terrible it can be it's probably 2 inches in your body but it can really create havoc for the entire body right when i went to the dentist for the first time um she did she took like an iron rod and she said i'm going to just see how bad your pain is and she went and hit me right on that tooth right i mean before even if i touched it by mistake it would pain but she went and hit me right on that tooth and not just that it several times during that in, during that treatment she touched that painful part but you know what every time i experienced that pain i knew that it was for my healing she didn't say oh it is paining here so i won't touch that part and touch every other part that won't serve as healing for me when jesus addresses our sinfulness he doesn't ignore it he touches it where it hurts and he heals it he restores it this morning jesus wants to do that let's not run away from him 
it's gonna hurt but this is a restorative hurt of conviction more than a condemning hurt of guilt what is jesus doing what is jesus doing he is not pointing jesus uh, he is not pointing peter back to his failure when G- when when god asks him do you love me he is not pointing him back to his failure and saying you didn't say that before god is saying do you love me and he is not pointing him backward to his fall he is pointing him forward to his call do you love me feed my lambs peter i know you love me feed my lambs peter i know you love me take care of my sheep hey are we resisting god's call this morning i know that this pain of conviction can be hurtful how do we resist this pain we resist it in two ways the first one is very obvious we are way too deep in our guilt and shame and we don't even want to look at jesus we brood in our pain we throw ourselves a, a, a pity party and we walk away from jesus we're probably binging on everything that is bringing our souls momentary comfort and we brood in that that is the first obvious way we resist this call of conviction the second obvious way is my favorite one because i do it and i'm pretty sure folks in new city can relate to it the second obvious way is this if you're doing cbr i'm pretty sure you can relate to this when we are being convicted of our sinfulness you know that most of us we find that second box as the most interesting box right we we run to that conviction place in fact that is probably our favorite box in cbr but why is it that even after being convicted we still don't have the power over our sinfulness when god convicts us of our sinfulness is it probably because we are not feeling the hurt like peter did have we have we not feeling the hurt that brokenness like peter did have we diluted god's conviction of our sins to a mere i relate to it i resonate with it now we stop there have we stopped feeling the weight of that sin that led to our savior being crushed on the cross hey this is me i stop there i resonate with it i relate with it but i don't dwell on it longer to feel the weight of it this is a very subtle way of ignoring and rejecting christ's conviction of our hearts friends only to the extent that we grieve our fall we will grow to live out god's call only to the extent that we grieve and repent of our fall will we grow to live out god's call jesus is gently asking us today do you love me do you love me more than these things that you are enjoying so much that you are turning away from me 
He's not rubbing our fall in our faces. He's asking us. He's replacing us. He's replacing our love for that thing by asking, do you love me? What does Jesus do next? After restoring the fall, he reassures that our call is greater than our fall. How does he do that? We see in the 18th verse that will come up for us on the screen. Peter, uh, Jesus tells him, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Jesus is telling Peter, look at, look at what's happening here. Peter, I know that you are hurt and I know that you feel your faith is weak now. But don't worry, Peter. You will live out your call. I know that you were afraid of your life and you denied me in the past. But in the future, you will be faced with death again. You will be faced with death for preaching my name. And on that day, Peter, your faith will prevail. You will embrace death. Your call will be more powerful than your fall. And just as my death brought glory, your death will bring glory to God. What a reassurance. Peter's death is not recorded in the Bible, but church tradition tells us that Peter was crucified on a Roman cross upside down as a martyr for the sake of the gospel. Peter did live out his call. Hey, how did Jesus reassure Peter of this? Is it a simple empty prediction that he is God? No. Jesus could do that because he prayed and was victorious over Peter's sin. What was Peter's sin? Let's just see that from, from Jesus' own words. Peter denied Jesus, right? We see in Matthew 10, when Jesus is preaching, he says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Probably this was playing on Peter's head. But when Jesus saw Peter denying him just before that cross, he took this very sin of Peter, went to the cross, hung on that cross, and the Father forsook Jesus instead of Peter, so that Peter can be forgiven, restored, and live out his call. So when Jesus is telling Peter, don't worry, in the future you will face death because of your call and you won't fall, this reassurance is backed up by Jesus' resurrection power over Peter's life. This is the power of Jesus' reassurance to each of us today. He's looking at us and saying, I know that your faith is weak. 
I know that you are falling again and again, but don't worry. I have paid for that thing that you have fallen for. I am giving you a new call. Look at look at the fresh call that Jesus is giving right after he says, right after he says, the verse will come up on the screen. After saying all of this, he said to him, follow me. Hey, the call that the resurrected Jesus gives us to follow him can defeat any fall that we might succumb to due to our sinfulness. This morning, Jesus is giving us a fresh call. If you're a follower of Jesus, this morning I recognize that you might be looking at your life and saying, hey, I, I, I mean, Peter's call was probably to preach the gospel and, and, and be the foundation of the church, but I don't know what my call is. Right? If you're in that kind of place, hey, look at what Jesus is calling Peter to do here. He's not saying, then he said to Peter, you will establish my church. No. The simple call, follow me. And what does that following me involve? That question that Jesus asked, do you love me more than all these? That's our call today. Do you love me more than all these? Would you follow me today? If you're in a place far away and can't see Jesus through the mist of the night, would you respond to Jesus standing on the shore early in the morning, calling out to us, follow me, follow me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this call is for you as well. Jesus is saying, whatever you're struggling with this morning, hey, I died to pay for it. Probably you're trying to pay for your own mistakes. You're trying to probably do enough good to outweigh your bad. And that's not working. Jesus is saying, I paid for it. I have restored that relationship to God. And I'm sure, would you follow me? If, 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 if you find faith birthing in your hearts this morning, would you respond to Jesus even as I close in prayer? Shall we calm our hearts for, for a couple of seconds? What does this call mean to us today? What is it that, that our hearts love more than Jesus today? Jesus is asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus, we want to respond to your call today. You are restoring us. Father, this, this lockdown has made us feel like losers. Time and time again, we've been faced with our own flaws, with our own mess-ups. Um, it, it's been literally beating us down time and time again. 
we have we have not uh, been able to hear you calling out to us daily every day through your word follow me follow me this morning we want to we want to respond and say jesus we love you jesus we love you my heart currently doesn't love you more than many things but this morning holy spirit would you fill and flood my heart with love for jesus pray for those of us who are not followers of jesus holy spirit would you experience would you help us experience this this love that jesus calls us with this love to 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 come running to him wherever we are no matter how messed up no matter how broken our heart is help us to run to jesus today help us to run to our savior today we need you lord we worship you in your name we pray jesus amen